Capcom presents. Capcom presents. Bioorganic weapons are a global threat. Start working with the rest of the world about the Raccoon City, the Raccoon City incident. Assuming my desire to reveal I'm going to tell them everything. I've always valued your friendship, Leon. Stay right where you are. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Capcom Unity official podcast. Already laughing at my misfortune as much to my right as Seth Killian. That's what I'm here to do, laugh at misfortune of others. And uh, joined by... Uh, Greg Mann, also known as Greg Moore. And I'm Brett Elston, uh, Brelston on Unity. Uh, yes, we're all three the core members of the Capcom Unity team. And uh, when I started back in September at Capcom, I thought, well, you guys should have a podcast. <laughs> and... Uh, being from previously Talk Radar and also other podcasts that I do in my spare time, I thought, well, we might as well do one ourselves and uh, bring some Capcom love uh, to the podcast scene. Um, official podcast love. There's lots of uh, fan podcasts out there that yes. are already amazing and Indeed. like go into specific games on this like super intricate detail. Uh, like Monster Hunter is very well loved in that regard. Street Fighter is well covered. Um, this will be just like a general uh, Capcom official look in what we do, um, talk about what's happened every couple of weeks, um, maybe some teases of stuff that's happening, if there's any tournaments we know for Street Fighter or fighting games, uh, just kind of try to give a grab bag as well as kind of a window into what we do. That's I, my spiel. You're nodding. So I, I, I'm, I don't believe in it, and uh, <laughs> if I could bet against it, yeah. I would. How long, how long do we have? <laughs> I'm already preparing to pull the plug. I hear uh, management. Shuffling papers, yeah, just disapproving look of like of I, I don't like this straight talk express thing you got going down on the first floor. <laughs> You're burning through valuable hard disk space. <laughs> I guess to kick things off, uh, we'll go into a little bit more about each of our roles in Unity. I thought you know the, the second segment of the show we'll talk about. You know, one thing I want to do in each episode is like a spotlight on somebody at Capcom officially. Uh, what their role is, what the job is, and we'll do that this episode, but a little later. And also a community spotlight, so uh, readers, listeners, Capcom fans can get their, can have a little piece of the podcast themselves. But the first thing, obviously the big news this week, something we've been hinting at for a long time and has basically leaked in various ways. The deuce, you say? No. <laughs> yes, the deuce. Uh, is the Resident Evil 6, which is, I starting here, was is even hard for me to say. I've been so trained not to say that yeah. word. <laughs> Like, I'm scared to death I'm going to wake up in the morning. It's time to go to work. Resident Evil 6! <laughs> in your sleep, yeah. You're allowed to say Resident and Evil but, or 6, but not in the same sentence. I mean, right. heaven forbid anything. Yeah. yeah, no. Dang it, I meant to grab a Seinfeld clip of Everybody Loves 6. <laughs> oh, well. Instead, yeah. I got the old standby, which I'm sure if you've listened to Talk Radar, you recognize the old zip. Uh, and I got the standby. Well, this is not Chris's blood. So those are always going to be here. But yeah, big news is Resident Evil 6. Um... We're recording this before it went up, so I mean we don't have the the, the fan reaction. But I mean, as a fan of of like I played RE one, uh, which we'll get into a little later about the GameCube version specifically. But I really started to love the series uh, with four and well specifically four, and then five I reviewed at uh, Games Radar when I was uh, when I was in the press, and uh, I thought five was a great action game, but kind of went way more action than horror. And I thought four always walked that perfect line between being a little scary and a little tense while still bringing it into the modern era. And uh, Six, just by this trailer, in the beginning, you'll notice Leon, the trailer really does show different styles of gameplay. You can see Leon fighting zombies in an outbreak, and they refer to them as such, and there's like 70,000 zombies uh, 
like running around. And he even says in, in the dialogue, like, it's Raccoon City all over again. So they're really trying to go for that um, kind of slower pace. Like you see him fighting, hitting someone with an axe. You you see uh, like a lot of just moodier lighting. And, and like you never see Leon like running and jumping off of cliffs and stuff and riding motorcycles. Like that's all other characters. So it suggests that then when you jump to Chris, who he's gone like total mercenary or something, like total soldier, which... I mean, even if you follow the game thematically, like it seems like that's where Chris would go because, <laughs> based off of the BSAA and five, it's like so you guys are like super soldiers or something. You have a drinking problem, yeah, yeah. Start yeah. kiting around. But uh, I, I like that it's kind of going to do a little bit of both. It's going to have like continue the RE five at least to some degree based off of the, the trailer because even I'm equally in the dark. All I have to go on is this trailer, so yeah. my my speculation is. Uh, <laughs> The Leon section will be a little bit more closer to how four was, with you know a little bit you know not so crazy zombies, you know uh, guys wielding chains on motorcycles stuff, but like darkness, close quarters, you know it, that's what the trailer suggests for Leon in uh, Tall Oaks, I think is the name of the place. So even even that suggests sleepy town. Although again, I think Japan's idea of small town USA <laughs> is still like my hometown's five thousand people. Now that's a small town. And the next town over is a field. <laughs> Whereas Raccoon City, they're like, yeah, small town America with its 100,000 people. High, high rises. And, yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, small town run by a big corporation, just like mom and pop store. Um, I also, I've always been a fan of the actual name Raccoon City. This is like yeah. so close to being like an actual name of an American town, but also like impossibly wrong and no town could ever be called Raccoon City. Because like the, just the pioneer days of where they get, where it's allegedly said, it's like you wouldn't name a city after a raccoon because they're varmint like they're 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 a varmint like like i love raccoons because i live in a modern society where i can be like oh he's stealing my trash and it's adorable but like back then it'd be like pesky thing you would has like scurvy or no, yeah maybe not scurvy like possum creek i wouldn't be like i named this town possum yeah. creek Possum Creek even sounds somehow more believable. I mean, I grew up in a town called Oak Park. Everything was mm. Park Creek, yeah, Ville, whatever. And you know, like Raccoon is right in there with like trees and other natural yeah. items, or even rocks or stone or whatever. Valley. Everything is legitimate somehow, except Raccoon or Rod- Rodentia is like off limits, <laughs> and they somehow put their finger right on that one. It's like we're gonna be just like nope. You blew it, guys, but you've won a place in our hearts anyway. But yes, yeah, speaking of Raccoon City. <laughs> this is the beginning of a great segue. Um, Leon says something about that in there. And speaking of Resident Evil, this one shows like the idea of a. When I mentioned Chris, it makes sense that he would just continue this path of like he feels this responsibility of like you know he helped discover this entire problem of bioterrorism. So he's going to feel the weight of I've got to step in and do whatever it takes to stop it. So he's just going to keep escalating his his action role in it. Um, and then you see in his gameplay, he's like taking cover and it's like a cover shooter, but. The one thing I thought that was very important that I noticed was, even though it's Resident Evil, and even if it goes that far to add cover, there's that one monster, some kind of enemy, that just grabs him out of the cover. I'm sorry, I hit your mic. Gesturing. <laughs> That's once. That's once. Like a Balrog-style one. Yes. I'm counting. So if I get to, what, three? I'm unleashing the TAP. One hit count? One That's hit. right. Yeah. Okay. Level 10. But yeah, that, similarly, the story would continue escalating, that it starts with a small mansion, then a city breaks out, and then... These other small outbreaks kind of happen. It's just like the world, it just always seems like it's leading up to this game that everyone's trying to keep it under wraps and trying not to let this full scale bioterrorism thing go out. But this is clearly the case. It's in China. It's in the it's in Tall Oaks. Somebody got their hands on all this stuff, and now it's completely out of control. And I just think that it makes sense for this that the next game has to go that level. It's a very global game. I, mm-hmm. I'm a little worried about talking about it because I have 
a little more hands-on time you than jerk. I, <laughs> I think other people in the room might have. So I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I will say, like, uh, you know, trailer aside, um, long before I, I saw the trailer, and you might remember us having this discussion maybe right when you were you were thinking about coming over to Capcom, I said mm. it. I, I have never been more excited about a product in development, a game in development, than I was about uh, my first look at Resident Evil 6 mm. and subsequent looks. I think this game has a little bit of something for everybody, and not a little bit either, like a lot of, of the many different shades of mm. Resident Evil that we've seen. Uh, it's You already hit on it's a very global game, like sort of all over the place. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, just there, there are things that are going to be happening. Some of which are hinted at in the trailer. For sure. Yeah, this is this is really exciting to me. It's got shades of my very favorite things about uh, different incarnations or, or different iterations of Resident Evil. Some influences from I think some of my favorite games outside of Capcom, even uh, from recent years. I'm sure the team would never acknowledge that, but uh, in, I mean that in the best possible way. Um, but it, it's unmistakably Resident Evil. So I think there's going to be uh, long-term fans. There's going to be a lot for them to be excited about, you know, because there were some people who are, you know, classic horror fans that were not as into Resident Evil 5 because yep. it was an action game. Obviously, yep. it was a, a very successful game and found a great audience, and it was, you know, fun on the action fronts. But calling it survival horror is in some ways, you know, not the not the best or first description I would use. It for has sure. aspects like yeah. that. I mean, I definitely, that was like one of the only downsides in my review which i was very favorable in the review when i wrote that um but it was yeah it's like if you're gonna call this survival horror i wasn't scared <laughs> but i sure had a great time yeah it's a it's a great action ride well there's there's definitely elements of that um there's definitely elements of some classic resident evil uh mm. more of that that moody uh scary yeah. feel like it's it's got scary segments and i i have not gone all the way through the game the game is still still a box of mysteries to me but i've never been more excited about yeah. a, a game any game um, than I was about Resident Evil 6 that early on. Like, from what I saw, uh, even very early on, I was like, I don't... Maybe you guys can somehow drop the ball between now and the time <laughs> <laughs> this goes gold, but uh, this is super exciting already. And then, you know, when we're spitballing ideas and sitting around the table and going, oh, wouldn't it be cool if if we could do this? And then they'd be like, yep, we're doing that. We're and doing I'd be it. like, what? what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, dig into the trailer and... Uh, more to, more to come on the Resident Evil 6 front, but I think the time for, for some rejoicing maybe is here. I'm definitely excited. When I first time I saw the trailer, I, I really had like a moment of just like kind of skipping back to my desk. I'm like, <laughs> I, like, I am excited. And it's the first game that was totally new to me after having come to Capcom. I was able to like, oh, you know, so now I've got the lowdown on Revelations. I've got the lowdown on Operation Raccoon City. I've got the lowdown on basically the next games in the line, like Cross Tekken and, and Azura's Wrath. So like I've played them. In some cases, I've finished them and Six was the first thing that I saw that was completely new and got to feel that moment as a fan again and just actually yeah, like yeah. see it and be like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so I was definitely very. And let me, is, is this that. a hole in my zombie knowledge or has there never been, have we never had to shoot the zombie president before? Ever. Ooh. That seems like such an obvious cool move. Mm. And oh, I feel like maybe I've seen this in film and I'm just blanking. Like maybe with that, what was that bad Dennis Hopper zombie movie? It was like Dawn of the Dead. Day or, of the Dead, maybe. Land I don't, of the Dead. I don't Land know. The it was dead. the yeah. The, the it came out like four years ago. I'm looking at you, Date Boy. No, not well, I know my, I know my dates, but I don't know necessarily. They had like a skyscraper that they were all holed up in, and then of course things went wrong. And skyscraper the of the Dead. Yes, yeah, it was Skyscraper of the Dead, and then there was like the one super smart zombie who could use a gun, and then eventually swam across the moat. It's kind of a spoiler. I really feel like it's Land of the Dead. I will eat my hat. 
I think you might be You're eating right. ahead. It, yeah, I just Googled it. It is Land of the Dead. Because that's... Hey. Because hey. no, I think I saw that one because I vaguely remember something about a zombie learning how to hold a gun or yeah. being taught something. Oh, I just and remember I, Dennis Hopper. And it being like, I can't decide if this is breaking the zombie universe or if I'm actually like, okay, let's just run with it and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't I can't recommend the movie, but I feel like maybe... I I don't know where they would have had an opportunity to shoot a president in that, though. Like, yeah. I think it's not the movie I can be thinking of. I'm c- yeah. curious if that's the same president that Leon was working with in Resident Evil 4. Maybe he did not get reelected. <laughs> yeah. And you don't what know that, how his policy is really... I don't know. Like, it's a different economy than it was in 2005. That's true. A lot has changed. Uh, <laughs> there there may be an answer to that question. Okay. There may. Thanks. That's, that's all I cannot confirm or deny. Wow, you're giving you're trolling me. I am trolling that's you. That's pretty great. Right. Yeah. Then there's the case of uh, there's another character featured prominently in that trailer that's not Chris or uh, Leon, mm-hmm. um, that is suggested to be a playable character because he's shown doing things that look like gameplay. <laughs> I see his shoulder a lot. <laughs> yeah, you, you see his shoulder a lot. Um, but like who he is, but it's clear he's like some kind of mercenary that's like trying to get his blood out there, which seems to have value for BOW use. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting angle that, again, that that's what's caused maybe this entire thing to surface, who he is, what his motivation is. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a cool thing. One interesting uh, quick cameo, old uh, Hunnigan <laughs> from RE4. <laughs> Uh, I think she has like a two-second cameo talking on the phone to Leon or the you know the magic headphone that probably works everywhere or yeah. worked only when it was convenient in RE4. Like right, we're using right. a satellite phone that somehow only gets you when you're – even though you're six floors below in a mansion. Uh, <laughs> but then in the woods, <laughs> interference, we've yeah. jacked the line and all that. So I wish I had a clip of him saying that. I'm very unprepared. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a lot of fan service in this game. Both yeah. – uh, you know, it goes in some new directions, places we haven't – you know, characters we haven't seen before, of course, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, definitely a lot of fan service and nods to uh, not just Resident Evil 5 by any means, but obviously Resident Evil 4 you've already of course. highlighted, but uh, long before that as well. Nice. Speaking of games, everyone, <laughs> uh, there's no segue when you go from Resident Evil to Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Is, is that all you got? Games, games, games. Games, games, yeah. games. I know for a game company, we should make a lot of games. Can we do something else? Like, yeah. We we actually well you know about our new bar. There's a bar. Yeah, there's a bar. They serve Resident Evil brains or something. (laughs) They make sweatshirts too. Sweatshirts. Well, we had we we got so we serve brains. We make sweatshirts. We got the Coco Ichiban promotion (laughs) for uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. (laughs) We apparently order some curry. We apparently order some very uncomfortable rigid couches as well that yes. we're sitting on. And we've put together this room just to, I guess, give people at home a description of... I'll uh, take a picture of this and put it in the uh, <laughs> on, on Capcom Unity. Like, it'll be totally... It'll be a gripping narrative to have. Well, I think outside uh, the window earlier we had a, a baby, which uh-huh. is a nice fixture in the office. you got to have a baby cruising around. Uh, I can see in the closet a couple of hula hoops, which I don't know if are visible to either of you, but indeed yes. there are hula hoops. I had the tour of that. It's And that closet itself is like a story unto itself. Like you <laughs> open the closet and you're like, oh, this must be a what? Well, let it, let's leave it right there. Okay. Gotta, there may be another. I may know, have we'll, to, we'll see how this podcast goes, but, we'll, but I don't there may be spo- another one of these things. I would just point out that it's propped open with a fan. <laughs> That's... <laughs> A depressing little fan. We spared every expense. Um, yeah, so and then there's you have the Imperious PlayStation 2, which I claim to be doing an impersonation of Orson Welles. Ah, uh, uh, the French. Which will nobody will believe. And then, of course, headed up by a, a, a very well-centered picture of uh, M. Bison, the dictator, 
who appears to be rabbit punching Guile uh, <laughs> in a very sort of like irritating fashion. I might call it a biff. Like he's yeah. biffing Guile. <laughs> um, it's it's an anim- it's a cell from the USA cartoon. <laughs> yes, it is an animated cell, and um, it's just. It's the kind of cell that you'd be at Comic-Con flipping through and be like, I'm not buying that one. <laughs> like, It's just like, really? That's what Capcom uh, headquarters? That's the cell we have? That's got? what we have on the wall. <laughs> Thank you, Interior Design Department. Yeah. We have one, maybe. Interesting what? segue. M. Bison and Guile are both from Street Fighter. <laughs> and is, is that a segue? Is M. That Bison really was in the latest trailer. He was. Cinematic looking, trailer. Looking rather awesome, I must say. Yeah. And uh, reprising his This Place Will Become Your Grave line that I really like from his Ultra. Um, But yeah, Cross Tekken had a blast of news uh, earlier this week as well, which revealed six new characters. A gust of news, if you will. A gust. Uh, Gale? Not so far. Six characters is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's that's more than a gust, I suppose. Interesting segue. These both have six. I should have gone that route. Resident Evil, six. Six and six new characters. It's a stretch to me. Everybody loves six. But uh, yeah, on the Street Fighter side, they added uh, Jury, who is actually one of my favorite new characters. I've been playing Blanca with much futility, <laughs> with, with great futility since nineteen ninety. <laughs> like I, it's weird. I can I can have like genuine Street Fighter cred in the sense that I've played since the arcade in nineteen ninety one. Like putting my two dollar a week allowance in as a ten year old. Like every week, I'm gonna be here, man, playing Street Fighter two. It probably took me a year and a half to realize fireball motion. Like watching wow. people, I'm probably exaggerating uh but in kid time a year and a half when in reality it was like six weeks or something but when you're a kid you're like yeah i gotta gotta wait a week forget that it's i might as well be dead um (laughs) but then you would think like as a percentage of your life exactly yeah yeah i've only lived for seven eight years like a week (laughs) who knows what next week will bring no um you would think i'd be this like you know at least in the top hundred blanc of players in the world if that's all (laughs) i've done no 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 (laughs) i wouldn't even go that far but I'm not gonna okay. dance. I'm not gonna dance around it at all. Yeah. All right. All, so, I, all I want is my 50-50 winning average. That's all I ask for. So you enjoy. You, you you've done a lot of losing with Blanca, but Jury. Yeah. What about? No, what I wasn't done. Uh, this horrible tangent with Blanca. All right, please. No, I'm good. I'm good. Jury, I thought was cool because when I was <laughs> reviewing Super Street Fighter Four, uh, it was like all these characters are returning. They're new to Super Street Fighter Four, but they're returning from somewhere else. Yes. Hakan and Jury were the two new ones. So mm-hmm. I thought, well. I can get kind of a leg up because I'm reviewing it, so I'll have it at least a few weeks ahead of time. And I was reviewing it for OXM, so I had it like a good month and a half ahead of time because nice. of magazine lead time. And I thought, well, between Hakan and Jerry, well, let me pick Hakan. I what is going on? No, stop. <laughs> Menu exit. Okay, Jerry. Okay, she's got this weird counter that you can kind of go back around or up. Um, I like the pinwheel kick because it's a great spam move. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like a and then the dive kick is like a. You can live or die completely off of how much you spam a dive kick. Well, and it's sort of I, the thing I I think attracted a lot of people about that dive kick because it's like everyone loves the wake up ultra. Like as, yes. as a new player, like waking up ultra yep. always juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping dive kick with jury is sort of that kind of it's, like that hail mary. Like, well, why not? You yeah. know, totally punishable if they block it, but who knows? They might not. Exactly. And then we're in business. Yeah, that's that's the thing I like is. And if you notice and connect, you can. The reward is if it connects, you hit it buttons and add some hits. And you can, or you can even land an ultra off that thing. Off the one hit? If you want to e exit. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, see, I. <laughs> news you can use. With, uh, yeah. Sound effect to, yeah. uh, to use the news you can use. Well, this might work. No? I, I, I'm ambivalent on that one. All right. You're out of here. 
<laughs> Next up, uh, who are the other two? Jury. I know, I'm really... I'm on Jury, here. Uh, Balrog the Boxer. Boxer and of Vega. Of course, and Vega the Claw, uh, just to am- disambiguate. I'm now trained to call them Boxer, Boxer and Claw, Claw Dictator. So with your knowledge of Crosstech, and how do you say uh, they both translate into the Crosstechan world? Uh, Jury's quite faithful, I would say. Uh, Balrog's a little more interesting because... Um, Charge characters in general are, are a little less prominent in cross Tekken, especially yeah. since, of course, you don't really have the charge mechanic in Tekken mm-hmm. at all. My favorite is uh, definitely Claw. Mm. I think he's really strong. Um, cross Tekken is a game that has a lot of poking involved and a lot of footsies. Uh, if you're familiar with the parlance of uh, I do know Street footsies. Fighter, yeah, <laughs> you're familiar with the word footsies. I like that the the more core your knowledge of Street Fighter goes, like the more ridiculous the terms sound. <laughs> footsies, meaty attacks, yeah, it's like what? That doesn't sound cool. Plinking, yeah, like it's Plinking. just like the lamer it is, the more uh, the more esoteric the Street Fighter knowledge. Anyway, footsies <laughs> are, are are very important in, in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. It's a very footsie centric game. Vega has a uh, huge range on his pokes mm. and. Unlike some of the other characters with longer range pokes, I think can really convert a lot of that into solid, solid damage. Um, he also has, uh, you know, things like the roll uh, or Vega's roll, where it'll roll at you along the ground, uh, the rolling sobot. Not as effective in, in some games, or you maybe use it for chip damage or something. You don't see a lot of that in like Street Fighter 4 or anything like that. It's much more dangerous and risky. In this game, any move you have that will freeze the opponent in place. While you tag is very, very valuable. Uh, you can do the EX tag. Yeah, so you can tag uh, while you've got the opponent in block stun. So Vega will continue rolling along the ground, keep them pinned, and you can get a nice free tag off of that or go for a mix-up because the, the roll goes on for quite a long time. Also useful in combos. So Vega is my pick on the Street Fighter side. I'm treating this like it's some sort of like right. old-timey betting show. No, like, I just think it's my lock of the week. I'd, yes, exactly. This is my <laughs> shoe-in of the week. <laughs> Look at the size of that lock. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be wrong with that one. Uh, yeah, Lord knows my early predictions about who's going to be strong in, in Street Fighter games are never, ever wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know why I'm acting as though people are asking me, like, who's the best character? Like, right. that's not the question, but well, that's somebody, the question somebody's I going to, to So I thought I would just lead with, who do you think is going to be the best character in Street Fighter? Yeah, of, these, of, these, of this new Street Fighter batch, yeah, uh, definitely. I, my money's on the claw right and now. Did you get any time to play with... Uh, Paul La Zhao Ya. Sort of like mushing your hand into your face. Zhao Yu? Zhao Yu. I say Zhao Yu. I don't know. Midwestern nowhere America where asking someone, how do you pronounce this? I think it's Zhao Ya. <laughs> so for probably a good year and a half, well, like in the arcade with Street Fighter, everything was gully and z- z- oh, like, gully. I mean, oh. we're like ten, so we don't know how to pronounce this stuff. So Look, then Chicago's you- not a highfalutin place, but even I looked down at people that said gully. Gully. <laughs> Gully was the sign of like, oh man. Yeah, well, uh, once you learned, you're like, no, a guy, this guy with gully over here. Gully. Um, so yeah, then never yeah. lost to a gully player. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Sorry, I was waiting for you to tell me more about the uh, Zia. Zhao, Zhao Yu. I think I think it's Zhao. Um, well, the X is like an S H. And... Yeah, Zhao. Yeah, I learned yeah. later, sort of, to say Chao Yu, and then I thought it was more of Zhao. It's sort of yeah, like a zesty, a Zhao, a sort Zhao. of like as Miracle Whip is to mayonnaise, okay. like Zhao Yu is to like Zhao Yu. Got it. Yeah. No, you don't have it. Absolutely. Right. I don't have it. That so. clicked two different parts of my brain that didn't connect, now they're there. You talk in Middle America, that's as Miracle Whip to me. Middle Tangy Whip. zip. Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip. Hellman's brings yeah. out the best. Hellman's does bring out the best, but uh, yeah. I, anyway, I don't want to get into discussion of sandwich spreads. I mean, I do, but... Uh, well, your nickname is Dutch Crunch, so... No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Heard it here first. See, see if you can get that to stick. 
My uh, mission is to get this uh, nickname of Dutch Crutch to get that to stick. <laughs> inexplicable on you. nickname for me, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if it make, if it flusters you, absolutely, it has to stick. Uh, my pick is going to actually be Law because this is the mustachioed Law, which is uh, of which there there can be none better. Um, although I am as a Tekken scrub, uh, I you know Tekken. I played Tekken for a while. Tekken one, I didn't really play Tekken two. I got into it, mm. but didn't really get it and then Tekken 3 I played uh, at a somewhat serious level and then a, a tag as well hmm. um, but but Paul is definitely one of my favorites right. I like him he's keeps it simple he's he's not a Zangief character but in, in Zangief in the sense of this is my thing I'm a big dude I'm not very good from across the screen I want to get in and smash your face and like Paul <laughs> Paul for me it was like basically trying to get that land that unblockable like set up the unblockable come on yeah and just rush 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 elbow 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 yeah and uh, Paul's sort of a very direct kind of character mm. it's not not one of your most subtle or technical that would be uh Zayu's department right uh, with her tricksiness but uh i'm not good enough shall you say to, yeah. to get too tricksy but i can i can pick my spots and land my hits so i i love paul a lot but gotta go with law mm. uh on this front right now and then that oh greg you opened your mouth as if to no, speak go for it because no, I, I i demand you well, I, continue a, that i'm thought. a law guy too um i was just wondering if we're gonna see him against fei long at some point in our lives that would be interesting just, that would be a bit much <laughs> although as a i gotta give a, a shout out to our friends over at neogaf uh there have been some interesting analysis of that street fighter cross tekken trailer the newest one yes and some other things that may be going on in the background there mm. possible hints at huh other characters that may yet be revealed. We are we are not yet in the home stretch with Street Fighter Cross Tekken, mm. even on the character reveal side. Character much less wow. on the uh, the innards of the game. Mm. Well, yeah, we had a live stream uh, uh, not long ago with Ayano-san. Uh, he came on and like played live, and uh, that was the first time I actually got to see because we've done like live streams from the trade shows all last year, PAX and E3 and Comic Con. But I mean, it's people like coming up and walking and playing it kind of cold, like they don't know. They just, you know, they'll pick a Shoto character. Yeah, how about it. I do the Magic series? One, two, three, launch. Yeah, yeah one, two, three, launch. <laughs> you know, and one, two, three, launch, and then that's kind of it. But and like, there's nothing, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, you know, there's it's, not. It's, delightful I, that's, com- it's a delightful combo. It's a delightful combo. The first well, I mean, 12,000 times, and then it starts to lose a little of its luster. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I, I do like it because it's, it's a good, it's, it's uh, it's the equivalent of like a MVC three launcher where it's like, yeah. of course I'm gonna do a lot. I got no choice. Like, <laughs> it's like a full screen ultra. Like, are you just gonna whiff it? But it's like, oh, you better believe I'm gonna do this launcher and then just follow up with nothing. Throw it out there <laughs> and then maybe a couple of jabs before. A couple of jabs. Again. But uh, yeah, he got to Ayanasan played on the stream and actually it was my first and I, I'm assuming therefore a lot of people's first um, exposure to. Um, like wall bounces and just some of the way that the EX tags and to just set up a lot of combos that mm-hmm. I, you know, I hadn't really seen that happen. So like with that and the gems happening on top of that, it's like, okay, this is actually going to be, there's a lot of game here. Yeah. There's a really, it's an amazingly flexible system. Uh, there's a lot of creativity possible uh, again with the tags really set up because the other character doesn't leave the screen. It's not like when you tag, like in Marvel, it's not like one character stays on the screen. It's, uh-huh. it's more like, it's sort of a take on the the kind of assist where the one character continues to attack, that other character comes on the screen. Mm-hmm. That's very flexible in terms of different kinds of setups. Also very flexible in terms of combos. Uh, things that were unsafe are now safe if you have the meter. But if you, mm. yeah, there's all sorts of things you can blow your meter onto. I had a I had a great time. I did not represent well on the stream <laughs> because I wanted to pick. A, I'm committed to this Lily Asuka team of annoying counter girls. Yeah. 
originally it was going to be uh, all counter Lily and Poison for Glam Girls. So I, I don't know. I just like the idea of having a theme. Yeah, Lily's fun. I liked her the the hop that goes through projectiles and has three different follow ups at each yes. one of those. Those are all cool. I had a great time with those two because like you, Asuka has that like air grab. It's like an air counter for someone jumping in at you, and you can like do the launcher with Lily, and while the character's still in the air, EX tag, pull her in, and grab them out of the air of their own launcher. I just thought that, when you do it, it this one fluid motion, it's like, that is so cool. Yeah. And that's like, that's, that's like difficulty level B. Like, <laughs> like out of, well, I guess more like C, if you're it's, going from like D to... It starts to get insano, that's the yeah. point, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, we could continue our uh, audio descriptions of cool combos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would like to watch, that'd be an awesome podcast, like the all... <laughs> And now I'm going to describe. No, no. I mean, I would actually. Yeah. <laughs> it was two hits. Like yeah. she did a move, and then she came in and did a move. Like <laughs> he throws a fireball. All right, so it's let's, from a let's place try of this. love. Yeah. I throw a fireball. Yeah, we used to do this actually in the old oh, text, just... text internet days. Oh, I see. Okay. Like you had to actually describe the scenario, and you'd be like, "No, no, no! I didn't throw the fireball from there. I threw it from okay. about you know Even more specific an inch back. Do you mean an in-game inch or an on-screen inch? <laughs> oh, in-game inch. Yeah. Then, oh no, this, this is, I'm not kidding, dude. There's hundreds of pages of this just trying to describe like how you could throw like a have a fireball trap against Guile in the corner and be like, "No, no, I just flash kick out and hit you." And you're like, "No, no, I'm back too far." back too far it was like the worst thing ever but so compelling and you were such a street fighter junkie that you couldn't of course you couldn't stop yeah you had to have this please tell me there's transcripts of these somewhere oh yeah yeah it's all Uh, i'm I'm not even gonna tell you where but i'm gonna call upon at least one of these for future show this is content man content Uh, no then we reenact like a radio play (laughs) that's this is this is gold i'm not i'm not kidding (sighs) yeah those are dark days for me man (laughs) Was, was, was it was it ICQ or I was, was not it a AIM? nice guy? Yeah. Wow. I was a I was a I was a bitter young man, angry. Oh, more. No, I just wanted to I wanted to fight. You wanted to troll people. I still like to fight. Yeah. I was I was doing a little bit of trolling on uh, Arcade Edition 2012 last night. I yeah. I ran it. Yeah, I ran into uh, still dark days. Zaid, aka the Red Rapper, um, who I think I think he did not recognize the tag that I was playing under. Uh, Red Rapper did. Uh, did uh, some very cool hip hop treatments, which we actually ended up using in the. He sounds a little bit like Eminem. I know he'll get mad if I say that, <laughs> but uh, he has his own style. It just happens to be a sound that people associate with Eminem. Anyway, uh, he's he does some cool stuff. We actually used it in the Super Street Fighter Four commercial. It's actually him okay. in the ad, which is very cool. He's also played at a couple of our fight clubs. He's done some cool recordings for uh, for Evo and some other stuff. And he also is a, sort of a documentarian. Does like uh, cool cool videos on the scene. Anyway, I just ran into him, and he had was playing under the unsneaky tag of Red Rapper, um, and I was playing around and under a secret tag, and was totally trolling him, and he was getting visibly angry, like in the game. <laughs> that was the best. And then I texted him after after the match was over. Ha ha. Did he feel better or worse? Uh, unclear. 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 <laughs> Hopefully worse. A confused emoticon. Face yes, of that's. And then my job is done. Yes. Anyway, successfully trolled. Yeah. Um, moving into the second half of the podcast uh like break it up in the middle with uh what i'd like to do each episode is a kind of a skype interview with um someone from the cap community forums um just a chance for the fans to come in and actually you know talk to us or in this case uh i had some trouble setting up skype so it's just with me um (laughs) but uh we talked to will who's one of our uh, mods but uh we'll go into that and um he gets to choose a song to take him in and play him out so uh in the middle of each episode ideally you'll have a Whoever's in, whoever we pick out of the community spotlight each each, uh, each episode, uh, you get to pick two Capcom songs 
We have a pretty wide pool of awesome game music, if if I do say so myself. So uh, you can kind of pick to your heart's content. However, um, he really swings for the swings for the fences on his first his first time out. So uh, we'll go into that quick interview, and we'll be right back. Welcome to our very first community spotlight in the Capcom Unity podcast. Uh, the goal of this segment is to let you guys have a piece of the podcast as well as us just mindlessly chattering for an hour. Uh, we'll have details to come on how you can uh, call in and be part of this as well. But in the meantime, we can kick it off um, with one of our forum moderators in the Unity forums. So who we got on the line? I'm Will, and I am one of the network moderators, but I spend most of my time in the Street Fighter forum. Street Fighter forums. I know specifically you you also run uh, the World Warriors podcast. I do, uh, which is uh, fellow moderator Thamenator and I, and a guy who's not so active on Unity but goes by Rock. Uh, he has a lot of uh, funny flavor to the podcast, and each week we just play some Street Fighter and have a guest every week just like you guys, so... Awesome. Yeah, I got to come on, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I just It's sad because everybody couldn't jump in because of the Xbox. Uh, we had some NAT problems. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that it, it always happens. You know, it seems to happen at the worst possible time. Oh, yeah. So. If you if you put a time you put a time frame and a plan in place, absolutely, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, they, they will find a way to make it not happen. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to <laughs> kick it off. If you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and then maybe within that kind of dovetail into how you became a mod on Unity? Um, I've been uh, pretty much playing fighting games since Street Fighter 2 was in the arcades. Um, I, may, I may not be the greatest at them, but I certainly have the most fun playing them. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since Street Fighter 2 um, on the SNES, I've been maining Guile. I don't care what nerfs or buffs or anything come his way. Guile's my guy. So. Of course. Yeah, I'm in the similar boat with Blanca. Like, yeah. uh, hell or high water. That's who I'm playing. I'm sorry. Exactly. I mean, it's it's just who I'm familiar with. And uh, it's so interesting when I see, hear that people have in, uh, difficulty with charge characters when it's quite the opposite for me. I have issues with quarter circle horror characters. Mm. Like, man, I... Throwing a uh, sure you can is quite a hassle for me sometimes. So I have, um, I still have trouble doing like a double fireball from the P one side. Oh yeah, uh, P two side's fine. P one it's just I don't know something about that. My brain goes absolutely not. I will not allow this. <laughs> exactly, and and uh, everybody complains about Guile Super and Ultra, but I've got those down pat. But that's from years of experience, right? So. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much who I am, and I uh, love fighting games. 
Yeah, and then how did you end up uh, getting into wrangled into the oh. Capcom Unity uh, moderator scene? So, uh, funny story, and everybody who asks me uh, how do they be, how do you become a moderator, I uh, had seen Snow, a guy who used to work at Capcom, um, quite the, a few times. The dearly departed Sean Baxter. Yes, the dearly departed. Uh, I had seen him multiple times at fight clubs and. Uh, I saw him at a uh, Lost Planet 2 party, and so we knew each other fairly well, of of course, from talking on Capcom as well. Right. And so I, uh, I, you know, cornered him at the Dead Rising 2 casino party, and I said, hey, I want to be a moderator. And so that night he went ahead and did it, and then I became a moderator. So So you're saying push people around and you get easily. Exactly, and if you can find out where they're going to be in real life and scare them a little bit, that, mm. that works all the better. Uh, that sounds <laughs> uh, shamefully uh, effective. Exactly. So, anyone, so guys, watch out for where Brett's going to be. Go nope. find him, and uh, you can I don't go. moderator. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> um, um, I, I, that's a lie. I did see you at the Street Fighter, or what was it, Street Fighter Cross Tekken thing down here in L.A. Oh, in L.A., yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. we'll have a uh, obviously with uh, cross deck still coming up. We'll have uh, at least one more of these fight clubs going on, so the chance Definitely. may arise again. Um, if, if anybody's in the area, you should go to these. These are these are awesome. So. Yeah, they are really cool. They're the kind of thing that if they existed when I was a teenager or even in college, I would have like my mind would have just exploded out of the back of my head. Exactly, I, and they're just tons of fun. Yeah, um, I was in the back area and was destroying people for an hour and a half straight with uh, Guile and Ryu. So nice, you guys. Need to you guys need to up your game out there. So, yeah. so do you have any uh, like classic? Uh, like, I think just about everybody has some because for a lot of us, Capcom definitely part of our childhood. Uh, any classic like Capcom memory that goes back a few years or. That just, like, really pulls something out in you? Yeah. Uh, the the very first time that I played Street Fighter, and funny that you mentioned Blanca because he, you know, he uh, comes into the story. <laughs> I was at an ice skating rink, um, and my mom, of course, said no when I asked her for money to go play in the arcade. Mothers. And so I just, I just kind of sat in there, and a girl dropped her purse, and a quarter rolled out underneath the table. And being the sly guy that I was, I, I waited off to the corner, and she looked for it but couldn't find it. And so when she walked away, I picked it up, plunked it down into the Street Fighter Two machine, and picked Blanca because he was green. I thought that was pretty odd. Of course. And uh, I promptly lost, but I think <laughs> that the guy gave me a round, which was cool. But, um, yeah, uh, that was my very first time playing Street Fighter. It's, it's insane that I remember it, but... Right. It's, it was just such bizarre circumstances. Of so you began your Capcom uh, lifestyle with as a thief. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, I guess uh, as we exit out of here, any uh, Unity shout-outs you want to give to any people, uh, fellow Unity members? Uh, definitely a big shout-out to my fellow World Warriors podcast guys, Thaminator and Rock. Mm-hmm. Um Pretty much anybody who's been in the Street Fighter forums, I mean, you guys make it worth going in there every day, despite the constant yelling back and forth, but uh, I think that's what it's all part of. It comes with the territory. What would a forum be? Exactly. So, um, yeah. And and then uh, one of the things I wanted to do is uh, every time we do one of these interviews is uh, let people choose a Capcom song to bring them in and take them out, and man, you really... uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> pulled out the big guns right away. So it's all downhill from here. We came in with Guile's theme, which we know goes with everything. Mm-hmm. And t- what is what's taking us out into the next segment of the show? Uh, that's going to be Mega Man's Wily Stage One. Yeah, so, Mega Man Two Wily. Mega Man Two Wily Stage One. Ugh. Yeah. Got tongue tied there. No, but actually, yes. no. I'm going to go with what you said. Mega Man One, Wily One. Which oh is, man, fine. It's whoever gets Mega Man Two, Wily One, enjoy it. You stole it from me. You stole it. <laughs> I'll surprise you. I don't know which one I'll do. The Mega Man Wily One from the first Mega Man is really depressing. So I don't want to edit a podcast with that in oh. it right now. All right. It's just, it, as long like, as it's Mega Man themed. Of course. Um, it pushes fact, some button in me that makes me really sad. Even as a kid, I'm like, I'm eight and I shouldn't be able to process depression. Yeah. If, but it's if, really hitting me. If I can't have Mega Man 2 Wily 1, then give me Mega Man 3 Hard Man, because that is the very first boss that I ever fought in a Mega Man game. All right. One of those yeah. will happen. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Oh, thank you much. Coming back in, that's uh, Hard Man from Mega Man 3, which uh, that's a game that, uh, you know, it kind of falls in the shadow of 2 a little bit, but 3 is three is a strong, it's strong, a strong Mega one. Man game, and uh, Hard Man especially is the song that, like, doesn't get, you know, I don't hear people call it out a lot, but Hard Man's theme is pretty good, and I remember, like, one of the first cassettes I ever made, like, myself for when I got, after I got my license. I'm like, man, I need to drive around with game music. That's what I got to do. I'm going to pull the chicks. Like, <laughs> well, if you got to pick a theme, Hard Man, you could, could do worse. Oh, all right, let's. Oh. But uh, yeah, he's Hard Man's theme. I have this memory of pulling up to a red light and just having my windows down with Hard Man's theme blasting out of my car. Just <laughs> bumping. Just feeling very pleased with myself. Like, man, that was really tough. I had to hook up a stereo to the NES and route that through this other thing and hit record, make sure it sounds right. <laughs> and here I am. Nice spring day listening to Hard Man. <laughs> I used to record Led Zeppelin songs off classic rock radio. 105.9 WCKG. Well, that at least someone else, you could talk to someone else about that. Yeah, except my edits weren't very good, so they'd like, uh, roll into commercial or you hear the DJ uh, talking at the end. All right, that's just <laughs> two seconds. <laughs> that was. Yeah, that's how I made my mixes before I could afford my second cassette deck or the dual cassette deck. Ah, uh, yes. The, Sad days. The sub, the uh, old cassette players, everybody. Yes. Something, yeah. something many of us can relate to. I did think about buying a boombox the other day, just to have it. It's a complicated story. I'll let it go. Okay. okay. For another show, we'll talk about boomboxes. Yes. We'll have a whole show just about a, your boombox fetish. I have a lot to say about boomboxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know the podcast you need to be on for that then. Yeah. Anyway, coming out of the community uh, reveal, and thanks, Will, for uh, hopping on Skype with me. Um, and showing we'll, a little depth there also with the hard man pick. That's nice. Yeah, I yeah. like that. That's uh, He wanted to do Wiley 2, or Wiley 1 from Mega Man 2, and I'm like, you gotta leave something for somebody yeah, else. Guile's theme plus Wiley. Yeah, yeah no. don't get greedy. You don't get greedy. <laughs> Come on. Um, but yeah, I want to do that every episode. Um, I should have some information on Capcom Unity in the coming uh, days that it says exactly how you can do that. Uh, we did this one in Skype in this case. Um, if text interview seems to work better for you, we can do that. I'll fire up some questions. I'll read them on the air. 
we'll just iron out the the rules and how also, that also if works. you have like a hilariously embarrassing voice that you want to hide from yeah. the rest of the people you can get a proxy yeah and oh uh, that's true too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think greg if if we get dialogue you could just read them as the person and i'll interview you right as that person <laughs> that was the original plan so if you want to write a script in that case for greg and i to read as that's also fine <laughs> featuring greg featuring greg <laughs> dramatic speaking readings of, of your answers speaking yeah. of greg uh, we're trying to think of a name to name this podcast, and we settled on Capcom Unity Official Podcast because wah, wah. because which is a very uh, <laughs> sad face, uh, yeah. Price is Right losing noise um, that I should have queued, but probably get sued for that. So, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure the Price is Right people are waiting. Oh, they're waiting. waiting on the edge of the internet. Wait, what's that? <laughs> I hear it on the radio every morning, and I, now I'm like, because I, I worked in broadcast for a while, and I'm like, man, you can't lose. So I'm always like scared to death. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, now, like if I get the if I change the last note, then it's okay, right? Womp, womp, womp. Yeah. Wee! <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Legally distinct. Um, but then we were throwing around uh, podcast name ideas, and it was like Communicast, Ooh. Unicast, Ugh. Capcast, Ugh. Podcom. <laughs> and then I think Sethy just said, what about Greg and Goblins? <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of officially decided that was going to be it without consulting Greg. We, yeah. I, of I course, without consulting Greg. The last about like, yeah. this. <laughs> There's still time to make it a subtitle. <laughs> Colon, Greg and Goblins. You know, one of these days that's going to be Greg's and Goblins. Greg's, you know. If we ever had two Gregs. Get another we Greg. Could. Every there week must Greg. contain a second Greg. Second Greg. We're allowed one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where we're going to get another one, though. So coming out of the community bit of that, uh, this would normally be each show is like kind of a better know Capcom employee kind of thing where we pull someone from another uh, part of the company, talk about what they do, what their job is. Mostly from accounting by uh, the schedule we have right now. Jeez. (laughs) Tell me how the checks are made. A lot of the accounting staff will be rolling in here (laughs) to detail the payroll and HR processes in place. It's tough because we're always showing games or at appointments or we have something going on, so it's (laughs) tough. It'll be tough even to get this show out every two weeks, but I want to do it, so... You're going to... You'll I'm going to so. dig myself an early grave. But what, what we can do is uh, we can start with the three of us. And since I don't want to go first, Greg, you are in the other hey. seemingly starting position of the semicircle we have going on. I'm the other piece of bread in this Capcom sandwich. Yeah, not so I know, good. that sadly makes you the middle. It's distasteful. Which, yeah. uh, again, too bad you're not on Dutch Crunch over here. <laughs> good luck with that. It's never, never going to oh, It's never going to work. So, yeah, I'm Greg. Um, I'm I got Greg. my start. Uh, I'm a Capcomholic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I started hey, about a hilarious. year ago, a little more than a year ago, which is hard to believe. But um, yeah, I was hired on to manage and populate the dev room, which was a uh, community project we had going for Legends 3. I thought we agreed never to speak of this again. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. It's the it's the truth. We I just, did. Yeah, no, I mean and we were we were huge believers in that project, which is why I was saying at the time we'd never hired somebody to work specifically on one game before and we right. did for, for that one and that was you. Right. And uh I mean it was it was the start of a cool idea. And um it didn't quite pan out how we'd hoped, but hopefully uh it will inspire us to do you know, relatable things in the future have more focus on individual titles that in that way. All right, but more about Greg. Yeah. So no, no uh, getting out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, that was about a half year after I moved back to America from Japan, and I was still uh, uh I, I like to call it uh, cultural shell shock. 
is what I was going through, where um, I just, um, I still, I felt very foreign in my own country mm. at the time. I still occasionally do. I, I hear you muttering in Japanese at your desk occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. Um, often because I'm reading something, occasionally ah. just because uh, I'm shell-shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I was hired on as sort of a half-community guy, half-translator guy. Mm. All man, though. All man, yeah. all cop. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, sort of gradually transitioned into full-on community and made the full transition last September. Mm. And uh, Your turn to the dark side was complete. Yeah. Which is actually right when I started in September. Yeah. Which I suppose segues me. I don't know. Go for it. Are you? No, I don't want to. Greg's punting. He still has a horrible dark story to reveal. But no, now he's I getting was... out of it. You're just <laughs> loosening him up. And now you've Keep segued it Keep it coming. Brett. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I've... I was really into Capcom games for, like, ever. It was the first uh, publisher that was really a household name for me. I remember probably yeah. age five or so, I was super into buying a Commando, yep. Mega Man 2 and 3, and uh, actually Strider for the NES, So just kind of unsung. It, no, it's interesting that you I, you mentioned that to me once before. Like, most people go arcade or Genesis or something. And, yeah. Uh, well, this this the, one... The right-thinking people. Was the, no, because, like, you know, it had some, like, technical issues but um it was the deeper experience it was uh full of character progression and non-linear elements and such all right you're, yeah. lo- you're losing credibility with me as we as we go no, i like that it had a, it had a, it had a dash of metroid going on you in have it. to make some changes it, around it had here. a dash i think i need to sit you down with this game sometime <laughs> i just remember renting it and it, i got turned off of it because i saw like the ads for the genesis uh strider and was like awesome i want to play that well i don't have a genesis so i'll play it on nes what yeah and being very con- when your expectation is super cool action game and i got this more more methodical like it's exploring game plotting right. if you will plotting it is methodical yeah i mean i don't know I've, i'm not shy to admit i'm not a big fan of the other striders you what? know i just oh, feel no. like hiryu is like this... humongous he's like this humongous guy and like he runs down hills really weird uh, <laughs> runs down hills really you know he's like, maybe you're fixing it on the wrong thing <laughs> He's angled exactly parallel to the hill itself. He doesn't like do a right. run, downhill running anim- animation. He's doing mystery spot yeah. stuff with his with his running. And you know, California just, joke. Anybody? I'm familiar uh, with the mystery spot, but I've never been. It's one of my great shames. I've driven past it many times. I've said I went only because the bumper stickers out here are so prolific that mystery spot, mystery spot. I need to go check this out. <laughs> You know, that's the same thing that actually got me is those bumper stickers, yeah. which is probably the first incidents of bumper stickers ever, like, motivating. Yeah, like, it worked. <laughs> like, totally worked. Maybe we need to make more bumper stickers here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's our new bumper. All the money's going into bumper stickers from here on out. Yeah. Think about how many people are Community looking at cars. Team, you're out. You've been Strider replaced yes. by the bumper sticker. I just, I know there's, like, some, like, snake oil caliber person. Like, <laughs> think about how many people are looking at the bumper in front of them every day. <laughs> they can't get on their phones to get on Facebook, but they got to look at that car. What if there was an ad on the car? That's actually hmm. yeah. Anyway, let's let's bring it back. Right. Uh, I don't know. I think I may change professions here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talk myself out of a job. Bumper ads. And and you had so little health. 
it was just anyway. This is less about Greg and more about Strider. So, but it's yeah, back, changes back the subject to me. off Greg immediately. I've got what? What else do you want to know? I'm. I, I like Capcom a lot. No, I, this I was, isn't an interrogation, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're using your mic stand for one, so that suggests some kind yeah, of musical. Yeah, this is my personal mic stand, which yeah, I do uh, have a musical side. Um, I play a little piano. I play a little guitar, and I, I, I know sing. the piano part. And he means like technically little. It's like a, known as a ukulele I, I play one of those and toy one of those pianos. miniature toy pianos. Yeah. <laughs> but then on Unity, you uh, we all kind of like have title assignments. So what are you 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 head up specific titles on Unity? I do. Uh, so I do all the DMC stuff um, on Dragon's Dogma now. Anything that starts with a D, basically. Mm. Also, That's how we uh, do it. Right. That's how we capital D do it. Um, when if we ever release a new Demon's Crest, that'll be me. Even though you're the guy that knows the <laughs> uh, game. I've been <laughs> fighting tooth and nail for anything related to Demon's Crest. So uh, right. <laughs> No, um, so those two, I'm on Osiris Wrath, uh, Steel Battalion, uh, still, uh, I'm the Mega Man guy, I suppose, we kind of all, uh-oh, yeah, smell trouble, everyone, right. everyone no, wants to be the Mega Man guy, at, yeah, no, I'm, I, yeah, if there's one team of people who are pro, pro, pro well, man, well, I'm in an awkward place <laughs> now, because I'm Grega Man, but you've, you've got a lot more knowledge Look, on you can't just own it with nicknaming yourself, like, right, it's, yeah, it's yeah, not gonna just, be enough. Yeah. It's going to take a lot more than that. No, I've got, actually, at some point, I'm going to grace the first time I've ever shown this to another person is a Mega Man 2 uh, third grade book I made myself because oh my of how gosh. much I loved Mega Man. And it's like me tracing pictures of Mega Man out of Nintendo Power <laughs> on wide-ruled paper. And, like, I wrote a story in horrible scribbles. Oh and it's stapled. And I hold on, I've held on to it I since, like, age nine. That, you know? <laughs> no one has seen this ever. I'm I'm feeling good about this only because I was worried your your setup was leading towards a horrible Mega Man tattoo that you'd never oh, shown no. to anyone else. Oh, and man. I was like, that sounds like something I definitely no, don't right. want to so, see. No, the four Zelda tattoos are, uh, are enough. <laughs> One of them being a Capcom-developed Zelda game, by the That's way. That's right. Minish Cap. There right. we go. Done every, by Capcom. Every right. time. I think maybe, are, is that a good transitional time? Into, yeah, so like Greg, I came on in September as well. Um, coming from that, uh, I spent the prior almost six years, like five and a half, five, three-quarter years at Games Radar, and by the time I left, um, I was executive editor, um, kind of running the day-to-day uh, reporting to the EIC, but you know, writing content, scheduling plans for packs, E3, like uh, recurring content, running the features, assigning things, uh, just really doing a little bit of everything there. Uh, co-hosting podcasts, making sure that everyone was able to do the things they needed to do to get their jobs done. Um, and I had a great time working there. Um, but then over the few years, like 2008, 9, and 10, Capcom was on such a roll <laughs> that I really was like, man, these guys got it going on, and. Uh, <laughs> That's sucker. Yeah. yeah. So that's when I uh, this earlier this year, I, early late early last year, 2011, I started talking to Seth like, so you guys uh, video game. That is the voice <laughs> he actually used too. Was, yeah, on a rooftop yeah, somewhere. Really, really unsavory, but we managed to get <laughs> past that. Talk about, uh, um, but yeah, I, I, the games radar thing. I started back in 2005. Uh, helped launch the site um, with a this great team of people that are still there and still like close friends of mine. Um, I came from that, um, moved out all the way from Illinois, and kind of came moved out in a suitcase and didn't know anybody. Just kind of gave up everything I knew. Like, like just graduated college and worked at a TV station for a year. I was a producer there, running morning shows, so stacking the show, working with the anchors and director. And I think about that as a twenty-three-year-old doing that. Like I was in charge of the news for like a tri-state <laughs> area, and it was on me. And I'm like, 
who made that horrible decision to like how who did I interview again like to go <laughs> this guy got it he clearly ca- he clearly cares at all about local news like somehow I don't know how that happened but <laughs> just imagine you with a t-shirt that says local news local news with an like, exclamation point at the end <laughs> it's happening all day sensory font um but and then the whole time I was even doing that, though, I had graduated with a journalism degree, and what I wanted to do was write about games. Like, it, well, since I was a kid, I'm like, I want to do games. I want to work in games. I want to work in games. Even when it was horribly uncool to be saying that, because it's pretty cool now if you find out in high school, you're like, yeah, I've been learning, teaching myself programming, or I've been teaching myself this, that, or whatever. I'm going to go work in games. It's like, nerd. Back <laughs> back in the day, that's how it was. It was, you know, it wasn't until like the N64 PlayStation era where it started to be like kind of socially acceptable to talk. And I want to pursue this. I'm going to go get a job in video games. And they're like, and it didn't seem like such a pipe dream anymore. But when you're like 13, 14, and you're trying to, yeah. it just seemed, in the early 90s, it seemed such an impossible thing. Did that cause a lot of trouble for you socially? It strangely didn't. Huh. Like, I expected it to. It only got weird, strangely enough, when I was actually in university classes, in journalism class, going around the room, ah. talking, and everyone's like, what are you doing? You're, you know, one of those classes where you have one grade, and it's the one big paper you're going to write. And I'm like, this is a horrible way to teach, but whatever. <laughs> Um, how about some actual assignments and not one paper? You, I approve of the way they were teaching that, I by don't. the way. We'll get to that later. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I would go around the room like, what are you writing? Your paper? Oh, this union garbage people are causing all these problems, and I want to do a story about why they're right or you know, give both sides of the story. What about you? Well, the mayor is causing a kerfuffle over in the <laughs> Cheesecake Factory district of town. And What is about it, you? Is I, it kerfuffle or kerfuffle? Kerfuffle. I think it's fuffle. Kerfuffle. All right, we'll we'll go we'll to the f- books we'll on that out. one. And then it comes to me, and it's like, what are you writing yours on? Well, Nintendo revealed new Zelda, and it's cell shaded, and everybody's oh really God. pissed off. And I want to write about you know the the story that's going on with that, and you know <laughs> what it means, and why the reaction. And everyone's like, I couldn't do it. Like a tumbleweed. I was like, no, I defy all of you. I'm going to write about video games. So I eventually, you know, did a legwork, found a connection, wow. freelanced, got a job, moved out here in California and then but the whole time being a Capcom fan like since I was very little some of my first memories um that aren't Atari related are NES related and I remember playing Mega Man 1 like I'm assuming was within the first few months of it coming out because I was two wasn't out yet and I remember playing Mega Man 1 and just it shattering my mind in a sense of what a game would be like Mario I knew was fun because he'd get a flower and he could do all this cool stuff then Mega Man, when I finally figured out that pausing the game lets you switch powers, <laughs> which and I probably played that game for months, not just being blue and shooting people and not getting anywhere and just the kind of thing you do when you're a kid. You're like, you're not even thinking about, am I progressing? It's just fun to play the game. And then I realized, oh, oh my God, I can sh- throw bombs. <laughs> and just the whole game changed. And like that was like my barometer for, is this game fun? Well, is it as fun as Mega Man? Like that was... So early on, Capcom, and then obviously things like DuckTales, and then that led into Street Fighter, and that led into Devil May Cry, Breath of Fire, like all these franchises I just really loved. So when this kind of resurgence of, of these old franchises kept showing up, Street Fighter Four coming back, Bionic Commando Rearmed coming back, like I was like, holy crap, Like this is, uh, this is something that I'm totally behind. So it took two years of thinking about it to finally getting around to <laughs> pushing for it, but uh, I finally arrived in September, right around... Same time Greg did, and uh, definitely two people who feel a great burning of love and for Mega Man in their in their blood. But uh, you will better believe we're bringing that up on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we hear you, and uh, yes, we're always hoping to say more when it comes to old Megs. 
Olmegs. Olmegs. I don't know if that's. An I just want to go out on something no one would ever say. Yeah, no, no one says that. There's many nicknames, and I think Olmegs. I just don't want to go on the Blue Bomber. Title. I know. Olmegs. Kramer claims to have invented the Blue Bomber. Really? Part of a press. Part of a press release. Wow. I can't. Huh. I can't verify that, but it's. It's true that it kind of makes no sense because there's not really any. I mean, outside of like, yeah, Rush maybe, Rush plane or something. I mean, like Crash Man, he has like a bomb that like. Yeah, but that's off. not that's not Mega Man though. Yeah, well, I mean, you get the weapon eventually. Oh, yeah, all right. I don't know. It's just kind of, is that really the, the primary sounds, description of? No, the you're right. Bomber? It yeah. sounds like a marketing thing, like the yeah. blue bomber. It sounds like a Stan Lee thing. Where yeah, it's like exactly. The Sentinel of the Spaceways comes back, which which and that kind of makes sense, but like blue bomber just sort of doesn't yeah. doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, blue. It's true. Why get hung up on the bombs? Yeah. Although he is blue when he uses those, isn't he? He's green. He's green. green. Mega Man One. He's green when he throws Bomb Man. And then oh, Crash okay. Man is this weird color I can never quite identify. All right, Greg, right. that's one to Brett. And, uh, Just saying. Yeah, yeah, you win. All right, I'm Brett man. <laughs> Greg, Greg is given already. <laughs> yeah, but I did a cool And you are now Grelston. That's a All right, so Seth, you want to go? No, not really. All right. Uh, this story's been told elsewhere. Uh, <laughs> you can truncate it if you wish. I had a respectable career in the... Uh, <laughs> philosophizing arts you worked for a lot in the philosophy industry <laughs> yes in the philosophy industry <laughs> cranking it out every day in the factory <laughs> is that a euphemism for turning the out the uh, aphorisms one after another quotable quotes um trying to bore down to the meaning of life um yeah no i was uh i was an academic for a long time i have degrees in all sorts of nonsense you you name it i may have a degree in it uh, horticulture i've taken Many plant biology classes, no horticulture degree as such. I could not name any plant. You tell me, you should show me 50 plants. I couldn't tell you what any of them are, but I can tell you how they all work. Nice. Not really. No, I'm really interested in how plants work. Keep going. Another piece of useful. It's nitrogen fixation. (laughs) Little pustules in the, and then the It's a great album, too, but. Xylem in the phloem moves the whole system. All right. um, Anyway, uh, so I was a I was a academic, but you know I grew up playing video games. I enjoyed the video games, but had always a, a sick love affair with Street Fighter. Um, I played a lot of games, uh, even competitively. Uh, liked to see my name on the high score list as a kid in the arcades. I grew up in the arcades. I did not have enough money to be anything other than good, so I would perch by uh. mach- by machines, waiting for people to play them, uh, trying to glean little bits of knowledge about how to win at the game and I, I did that for a long time but uh when i saw street fighter that was that was it i was in love i was like nothing else uh the idea that i could beat like an 18 year old dude mm. and and send that guy to the back of the line and he sort of wanted to you could tell he wanted to throttle me oh yeah yeah that guy those, wanted to kill me but it was like just just barely not okay to kill yeah, me those peak sf2 arcade days like uh, i I was glad. I'm so glad I was able to partake in those. Yeah. Like just the image of having that many people in a, in one in one spot. Amazing. Yeah. It's like when you see those guys. Uh, yeah, go into like a disco and be like the the rollerblading or the roller skating king or the the disco king and dancing it up and everyone's like, oh, who's that guy? That was the Street Fighter days back then. You could uh, you could be the superstar um, even as a even as a little kid, and that was that was thrilling to me. So anyway, I went on and lived the rest of my life. Uh, Never having an idea really about working in video games or thinking about it. You know, I knew some people that did work in video games. They said it was a horrible business. And I was like, yep, seems horrible. Uh, I'm going to be a philosophy professor. So I I went and did that and taught uh, philosophy at the University of Illinois. And 
got better and better at Street Fighter and, and started to win some some tournaments and then started to play on the national level and then even the international level uh, and then st- started to get into organizing tournaments and events as well, mm-hmm. uh, which I enjoyed a lot. Um, and eventually, yeah, I won't get into the, the details of how I got to E3 because I'm trying to keep this brief, but I was going to E3 and would go to the Capcom booth and ask them for free stuff for our <laughs> tournaments. And I asked them send us some free stuff and they said you know get lost kid and i was like yep wow that's what i would say and uh so i I buggered off and i did that so i came back the next year and they said get lost kid and i said yep (laughs) that's about right um but then i came back the third time and uh met some interesting people one of whom is is sven uh christian svensson Mm -hmm. who you guys may know who had recently started a capcom so he had some different ideas about the way Capcom should be engaging its fans. And so he offered me a job. Uh, They said they were going to start this whole thing called Community. And I was like, what's that? And (laughs) no, it wasn't like that. I knew exactly what he's talking about, but he was interested in that and said, you seem to to be in touch with our our games and our our fans. So, of course, I'm I'm huge in the fighting games, but I played, you know, every Resident Evil game. Uh, I think I counted over 50 Mega Man games that I've played start to finish. Uh, You know, Okami was out around that time it sort of lured me back in with mm. a, a lot of magic there but uh i was excited to not do that i was like are you kidding video game job no thank you um and then he was like well we also just greenlit this game called street fighter 4 and mm. showed me the, <laughs> the early prototypes and i was like boy that really looks like garbage um he's <laughs> like well i think you might be able to play a little part in this sometime if you were to take the job at capcom mm-hmm. and i was went home and like gnawed on my fist for like weeks thing like no this is a horrible idea everyone says video game business is bad bad and i have this this whole career but uh i basically the idea that street fighter and street fighter had gone dark for a long time it'd yeah. been it'd been like nine nine years since we'd had a real street fighter game uh, you know, the tournament scene was was doing fine and, and was growing, but the the games weren't there. Uh, and it, it was, you know, sort of a questionable pursuit. But I, I couldn't have a chance to be a part of bringing Street Fighter back and not doing it. I think I would have regretted that for the rest of my life. So I, I took the jump and came to Capcom. And that's that's how we're here. Now we're here now. Now we're here now. Some very prophetic words. <laughs> now we're here now. Now. So, it, Period. Uh, but fittingly, being Unity guys, uh, we did all come from a place like uh, specifically like as, as a fan first, and then kind of got pulled in. Yeah, that's I don't know. That's the the angle of this job that I really enjoy is like we interface with other fans and kind of talk to you guys. Like when I was at New York Comic Con, we were doing the live stream, but it was just cool to meet other fans who will potentially be future Capcom Unity people. Like, yeah, no, I mean that, that never was know. that was exciting to me, and the idea that. You know, when I when I was coming up with Capcom, like the idea that I could talk to someone from Cap- Capcom to me was just completely mysterious, yeah. closed box of mm-hmm. of mysteries uh, that no one could. T- the idea of calling Capcom or talking somehow to Capcom was like, what, what? Yeah, no, no one does that. Um, they just periodically will put arcade machines like in a place on test location. And it and comes from somewhere in the sky. Yeah, exactly. Something. Like a beam of light opens up, and this machine drops down, and then. Hopefully it's not Street Fighter Alpha One, and then uh, <laughs> still remember playing that on test. Oof, not my favorite. Um, yeah, and so I think part of our mission here—I uh, guess I'm speaking only for myself, but by proxy for both of you—because if yes. you don't do it, right. there's going to be trouble. Uh, it's just to try and try and 
looking at it from before when it was not possible to talk to Capcom, I was like, well, who would I want would who would I have wanted to talk to mm. if I had a chance to talk to Capcom? And what would I wish they'd been able to talk to me about and the kind of things I wish they'd been able to discuss with me and then trying now that we're here to be that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course the media landscape and what with your Facebooks and your Google Pluses and your yeah. Uh, or even just blogs, period. Your friendster. Um, you know, things have changed a lot that really helped make that possible. But that's kind of the idea here, just to just to talk and uh, see what you guys are, are thinking about. And, and we're going to be more active uh, starting with going to kind of relaunch uh, Ask Capcom, which was a thread that was specific, specifically there to come in literally and ask questions. And we would answer them, um, not, just in a th- not just in the thread, but also in a live stream. Uh, we're going to bring back... That's going to bring that back soon as well. Um, so we'll have the forum and then also the periodic live stream where we'll just yeah, take uh, like questions. Yeah, once a month live stream. So like air. direct direct interaction. Um, I thought that would be rather cool. Um, yeah. And it was just something on the press side I thought was very admirable that was going on. And then when I started, it was just in this weird place because it's like that summer show schedule is so insane that like everyone's out like May through September or even into yeah. October now. So it became increasingly difficult so even when I got here, it's like, hey, can we do one of those? Like, well, nobody's here to yeah. do an ask. Capcom. We all have uh, a lot of different things on our plates, and so it's sometimes hard to just find the time to do even yeah. things that you enjoy doing or are important to you. It's just yeah. hard to make the time in the day. Yeah, and even though we won't always be able to like answer every question thoroughly or even have information for a lot of things for all reasons that everyone will understand as being video game business, mm-hmm. uh, we aim to please and want to be in there and. and have as much dialogue as we can and yeah we want to we want to give you as much as we can so we'll do our best to, to do that yeah kind of brings us to the end of the show except i really quick wanted to uh talk briefly about the uh, appreciation section of resident evil the gamecube remake um <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh yeah you forgot about that didn't you a little bit i, d- I debated on uh on skipping it but since i already mentioned it in the beginning i don't want to edit it out uh, i'm just gonna do it um <laughs> But so the goal is uh, this being the first episode. I don't care how bad the train wreck this thing is. <laughs> like this is the first one. The first <laughs> podcast is always like is set the bar low. Es media pri- primero. I, I <laughs> no one gets that joke. <laughs> Brett's holding his head too yeah. far away from. No, the I'm mic. intentionally like talking like how bad initial podcasts usually are. So it's like yeah. I don't. You're not talking in the mic. <laughs> what? Oh, over here. Like like that's the first pod. So if we can be above that, cool. I don't know if we've done it, but. Uh, I'm worried about the audio levels, quite honestly. I think think some people are popping and some people are dragging their feet. Popping and locking? Or just... Just popping and then like more just locking into a rigor mortis. Oh, that would be me. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, But over the break, and well, before I get into the spiel about the appreciation, uh, about uh, the remake, um, the bit is, each episode I'd like to do a quick like recap of a classic game. I did touch your mic. That is two. That is two. Level two tap. Oh, God. It's brewing. I'm holding down my kicks right now. I've got to <laughs> actually like move or something. Cause to give a spotlight on a game that's you know years old or a personal favorite or something. And I, to kick it off, I actually wanted to talk about a game that was a deficit of mine for a while. It was the GameCube remake of Resident Evil. I totally skipped it when it initially came out because I had a very poor... I had a great time playing Resident Evil 1 on PS1. I played it like when it came out at uh, 96, I think. Uh, don't act like you don't know. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> one of the things I love is dates. So, yeah. And I was a 15-year-old, like really, like that's the perfect age for that like at that time like, whoa, it's like it was really scary, but it was still a video game and like I remember as you would want to do in the Midwest cuz there's nothing but space. I remember renting a building and just having parties in a building. 
<laughs> because it's like I got a building. You want to like yes, let's have a party. And I just had a TV, PlayStation, and Resident Evil, and like, but people like renting sit, a building. That, the, <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. This like the the goal of the party wasn't to sit and play Resident Evil, but nonetheless, a PlayStation was there. What is the goal of this party before I attend? I just to like have uh, legal fun at the <laughs> age of fifteen. Legal fun. Will legal law-abiding fun. Will there be Bibles there? Probably. Probably lots okay. of them. Yeah. And everyone's obeying the rules. There is no property damage here. Don't ask me. I don't know why there's a hole in the drywall. It's not my fault. I didn't kick the wall. Anyway. And also you suggest if you're going to play Resident Evil, the Please Be 15. Please Be 15. The GameCube remake. So you were at the perfect age. I I did mean to derail your story, actually. You succeeded. Which I enjoy, but... The the first Resident Evil for PS1. So, like, I had a great time playing through it, and, like, people were, like, stopped there doing watching. So, like, everyone was enjoying this experience of walking down around this creepy mansion. Nothing like it. Um, Genuinely scary. But I got totally screwed because I wasn't playing... You know, there were no... Game facts wasn't a thing yet, and uh, internet itself was like, have you heard of the internet? Like, it barely existed, especially where I lived. Um, if I did, it was like 14.4 modem at best, and, you know, whatever, it sucked. Um, Strategy Guy didn't have one and was just playing Resident Evil, so I got I saved myself into a horrible trap where I have, like, no health, and I, you know, ink ribbons and herbs are, like, who knows where the last ones are in the mansion somewhere. I, I saved with one hit left, and I'm at the end of the game trying to fight Tyrant. And he's not, he's not like he's not like an impossible boss to 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 fight. It's just like the mental toll of getting in that position was just so aggravating to me. After like I just was like, I quit and just walked away from the game. So like I missed out on like chunks of Re- a big chunk of Resident Evil and came back in. Uh, I started to play Code Veronica and only dabbled like barely at all, not enough to have an opinion about it. And I've since started it again, the HD one, and I'm enjoying it so far uh, because I. Partly thanks to the GameCube remake, which is giving me appreciation for the the time that I missed. Because I'd always heard GameCube remake, that's the one, that's the one you got to play. This is like the pinnacle of like when you think of remaking a game, that's the way you do it. And I was always like, I don't know, I got this bad taste in my mouth. So I played it over the Christmas break, and uh, on an SD TV, GameCube, like like just as if it was 2002. You were 15 again. I, well, I was 21 again for the okay. GameCube remake. GameCube, all right. Uh, but no, I played it, and uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I still found the ink ribbon stuff annoying because <laughs> when you have plans and have things to do, ink ribbons are very problematic. Um, they're, they're, it, but, but to its credit, like, the GameCube remake is more forgiving with them. And the, the defense items, so like you get knives or tasers to like get some of the, uh, get some like free grapples out of uh, get away from a zombie, um, but more importantly, it's just a gorgeous game. Like it's a standard deaf game, and I was still like just kind of amazed at the lighting and the mood, and like it felt so real, like the being in that mansion, like and all the different uh, foley stuff of like walking on all these different footsteps, and like it, and of course they improved the voice acting moderately, so that it wasn't uh, you know so. You don't want to slide into that uncanny valley of voice acting where the voice sounds too much like an actual human. Yeah, it, it still sounds like <laughs> it's our policy. It still sounds like mediocre voice acting, but it's it's appropriate. Whereas like you know, original Resident Evil at the time, I didn't think anything was bad about it at all because <laughs> like the Jill sandwich line and all that stuff just rolled right off right. me, and I'm just like whatever. And then I realized, oh, whoa, <laughs> like playing it again. But yeah, I I was someone who totally skipped the GameCube remake and. Uh, even playing it cold, first time ever, December 2011, 
I still thought there was like a lot of merit in that, and uh, I, I mean, if odds are everyone listening has played it themselves, so there's no point in suggesting it. But if you yourself found like, I don't know, ended up in a situation like me where you just you came, maybe you came in at four, um, like a lot of people uh, yeah. did, and that's that's what pulled me back in was four just completely sucked me back in. I think four is my favorite, absolutely. One thing I did want to play though, um, from I wanted to compare because when I when I started that initial playthrough of, of, of the GameCube one, I was like, man, that in, that intro, not the live action intro from the PlayStation, which is just just amazing anyway, of them running through the field and yeah. them all introducing themselves and like Wesker pulling his hair, like has I both of his hands like on his hair <laughs> and it's just it's so so cheese cornball. When you first walk in the mansion, that kind of opening for Resident Evil 1, that's, it's a classic scene, but in the old one, you get this. What is this? Wow. What a mansion. Pause. Loading. Clop, <laughs> clop, clop. Loading. Captain Wesker, where's Chris? Loading. Stop it. Don't open that door. <laughs> so you get a lot, of, a lot of that, and then I just <laughs> thought it was pretty cool. Which door? That one. That door. I've been playing the GameCube one, the same scene. What is this place? Not quite your ordinary house, that's for sure. Well, that's definitely Wesker. Yes. Hey, Wesker, where's Chris? Jill, no. (laughs) So we still get a Jill, no, (laughs) instead of don't open that door. You don't want to go back out there. But we've got to find... What was that? Chris? No. And then you go back to Resident Evil 1. But Chris is... What is it? <laughs> Maybe it's Chris. <laughs> Maybe Chris has turned into a gun. <laughs> Jill, can you go? I'm going with you. Chris is our old partner, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just, I really liked reliving that. If anyone remembers any lines from Resident Evil, it's that first, like, back and forth between them. On top of the Chris's blood, Jill sandwich, that kind of stuff. I always liked how those audio clips seemed as though they recorded each word separately somehow yeah. and then, oh, like, yeah. strung them together into no, a sentence. Nothing yeah. could accidentally be that bad, could it? <laughs> it just is imagining like... Ed Wood in the studio. Cut. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you nailed it. Keep it going. Let me handle this. But uh, skipping ahead. What is this? That clock in the beginning, it, that, that, that incessant ticking of the clock, like Captain <laughs> Hook level, like freaking out. <laughs> what is it? Blood. <laughs> Jill, see if you can find any other clues. I'll be examining this. Hope this is not Chris's blood. Tick tock. Like, I keep forgetting that that happened. Um, but I wanted to contrast that with, like, they kind of knew, when they re-recorded the dialogue, you could tell they knew, like, we do have to massage some of these lines. We can we cannot do this again. <laughs> um, so skipping ahead on the GameCube one a little bit, here's that same exchange uh, with the GameCube one. I think you'd better take a look at this. What is it? Blood. <laughs> Just just blood it's blood who knows what whose blood it is yeah that's just an example of like them actually do clean up the dialogue and it it just made the experience it just felt very real um i think you know four and five are excellent games but they do start to get to that like bigger bigger than life situation i thought like that gamecube remake uh, really hit home uh just how cool that original game was just taking place all in a mansion and i do feel that uh revelations which is out pretty soon 
um, in a total non-shilly way. Uh, <laughs> now for the shill section. Now for the, the shill segment. Yeah. Resident Evil Revelations. Since, since you've been talking up a game that nobody's realistically going to buy. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's the Wii version of of the Resident Evil Archives that version. That is true. That is true. Um, and I'm sure you can find copies of the GameCube one around. That's not not the, not yes. used copies, yes, of course. Well, that. No, I uh, know. I mean, just go to. Which bring Capcom Corporation zero revenue. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Resident Evil Archives. I mean, it's the it's the GameCube version. So same thing with Zero is on there as well. But yeah, Revelations uh, goes for that same vibe a bit too. Because if you think about it, a cruise ship is basically a floating mansion. Yeah. So um, even though it has some of the hallmarks of four and five, with uh, there's you know some actiony stuff going on because you've even seen in screens and trailers and stuff but like uh the overall tone of the game is you know jill on this claustrophobic narrow environment and Mm -hmm. solving puzzles and getting around and i i thought that was a very cool homage to kind of the the beginning of the series Um, and it's kind of this very nice in between of of all the different stuff and one of the things we actually want to do on this podcast also you know where possible is is give a little bit of that insider uh little notes about development little things we picked up along the way Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I can share that actually the concept for, uh, Revelations, it was actually just a floating mansion. That was the concept. It was just a mansion <laughs> at sea. <laughs> Sorry. I had you for a minute there. <laughs> yep. That's what, that was the concept. Mansion is now on the water. Well, you did it, have me cause I'm like, inexplicably. Man. And then someone, Capcom USA forced him to change it to a, a cruise, cruise ship. Cruise yeah. ship. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry. Still better than the subterranean police station. Or dinosaurs in space. Yeah, <laughs> dinosaurs in space. Let us never speak of this again. Too soon. Uh, too soon. It's. It will always be too always soon. Always too soon. Still. Um, if we know, can uh, te- every podcast we can test it. Still too, too, still too, still soon? too soon to discuss About Dino Crisis space? Three. Yeah. 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 Still too soon. Still too soon. Um, so yeah, that brings to the end of the show. Uh, ideally, we'll you know have a new show every two weeks. That's the goal. Um, bringing back uh, Ask Capcom shortly. Uh, Check out Capcom Unity.com. They both both URLs. Both actually, URLs. Uh, Excellent. Maybe up in the same place for now until we don't renew right. Dashless Wonder- Unity and then it Dashless. just goes to the sex site. Uh oh. Which is what <laughs> happened to Killer7. Oh. <laughs> com. Uh, don't go there. Don't. Do not. Not endorsed. Wow. Um, yeah, the general structure of the show well, news, community interview in the middle with, uh, you, know, you could pick two songs and then uh, we'll come back. Talk about maybe if we have a guest, talk about some weird thing. In this case, uh, appreciation section, pull some audio for a GameCube remake. Another fun thing I meant to play from that, which is not particularly related to uh, the GameCube remake, is uh, this video from um, a Bobification. This uh, we posted it on Unity a little while ago. The Resident Evil. What is this? Resident Evil. This is a great video. What is this? Oh yeah. What is it? Wait. What is that? What is it? What? What is <laughs> that this? clock? What is it? What is it? What is that? What is What is that? Who is it? God, that clock, man. What is this all about? What the hell is this place anyway? <laughs> He's had <laughs> Whoa! What is it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what is this? What the hell is this? What is this? It's a mysterious game. Uh, yeah, I just no love out about that. Yeah, but that was uh, nothing to do with low poly textures that have to be explained right. with audio cues. <laughs> no, no. Didn't use nothing textures. like that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like and and what the hell is it is still not an adequate reaction to a building sized plant that's devouring one of your partners. <laughs> no. It's just more of an appropriate response. It's also pretty clear what that is. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's, clear. It's a giant plant. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe we're like, how is there a giant plant? How, I think how is a better question. Yeah. How is it? Um, so that brings us to the end of the first show. Um, well done, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Give it a solid C minus. We'll see. I was hoping for just a straight C. Sorry. C plus with all the sound effects, C man. Plus. All the sound effects. You had to you had to mention that you should have recorded the sound effect most of the time That's rather true. than actually That's true. playing any sound effects. That's sounds. all I got. That's, <laughs> That's literally it. all I have. That's pretty bottom of the barrel. I'll get some better stuff later. Um so yeah, taking us out. Uh, I'm gonna try to end the show every every episode with some kind of Capcom credit song. I haven't chosen this week's yet. Okay. <laughs> Big surprise. Um, I, I forgot. God yeah. Hand. God Hand Best credits? ending theme ever. Every time with the God Hand. You gotta hear it. But I want to save that for next time because I think you're going to yeah. talk to us about God Hand. I, next I just show. might. Maybe we'll save that. <sighs> All right. I think I'm going to sit that one out. Yeah. So I'm going to pick some kind of song. Uh, but yeah. I don't even know. Ideally, we'll get uh, <laughs> Ask Capcom back up very soon and uh, including a live stream. We want to be live streaming more often and trying to upgrade our stream situation because I know we've had some audio lag problems. There's like audio is a bit ahead of this video. Um, trying to improve that. I pretty much am pulling my hair out on a daily basis because of that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. And uh, Capcom Unity is uh, you know the site We're on Twitter, Facebook. Hit us up there. You're just <laughs> giggling away, man. Sorry. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>